Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. The number to join us, 8888-ROAD-DOG. We are here live today. Pick up the phone and call us. Anything goes. The website is letstruck.com. The show is all about the business of trucking. We take your calls and answer your questions about trucks, money, fuel mileage, maintenance, tires, taxes, technology, health and fitness on the road, getting started as an owner-operator, finding freight, working with brokers, getting your own authority, you name it, we'll talk about it. All you have to do is pick up the phone and call. We're going to get to those calls in a little bit. We have got a lot of stuff going on today. A lot of stuff going on this week. Uh, Next week is the Great American Truck Show starting on Thursday. I'll be flying out of here Wednesday to get down there. I have eight hours of seminars to give in three days, so I'm going to be pretty busy. I want to talk a little bit more about uh, something that's very different for me this year at the truck show. I'll talk about that in a bit. We will be continuing on with our GATS preview. We'll have some of our partner companies on today talking about what they'll be doing at GATS and what's new and exciting in their world. But I've got something new and exciting right now. I I am really excited about this. If you've listened to the show, um, you know that one of the topics I like to talk about, but I get frustrated on the air because I, I just can't seem to explain it well on the air. And I've been trying for 10 years. Uh, it's fuel optimization and fuel tax. It's one of those topics that once you understand it, you look at everybody else and say, what do you mean you don't get it? It's really simple, but it's not until you get it. Once you get it, then you go, oh yeah, well that's easy. On the surface, it seems really easy until people start talking about the exceptions. Well, what about this? Well, what about that? I've taught this over the years. Even in a live seminar, I I don't have a hard time doing it. It just takes me a long time. So the reason I like to talk about it and the reason I have been talking about this for years is if you run over the road, there is a potential to save about three to $5,000 a year by understanding this concept and buying your fuel correctly. It's called fuel optimization. The fleets have been doing it for years, but they pay a lot of money for the software that does this. I've been trying to get owner-operators to do it, but one, it's hard to understand in the beginning, and two, it seems like a lot of work when you have to do it, and the the payback doesn't seem big enough, but it really is. People will say, oh, I don't want to save, I don't want to waste a bunch of time to save a couple dollars. Well, if you do it right, it hardly takes any time at all, and you save more than just a couple of dollars. Well, to me, anyway, three to $5,000 a year is a lot. That would be per truck. So if you have multiple trucks, you could see the the savings would be significant. Well, as soon as I decided we were going to launch Let's Truck University, I've I've been talking about this. We launched our keto course a couple weeks ago. I knew that this would be one of the first courses I wanted to create because it's one of those topics that when you can see it in front of you, when you can see the numbers, then it really makes sense. 
me trying to explain it on the air almost never works. Even when I explain it in a seminar, it takes me about an hour, and I only get about half the room to understand it. In the course, I was able to break it up into nice little chunks, do it step by step, so you can completely understand why you need to understand fuel tax, even if you don't think you do. And a lot of owner-operators don't think this is important to them because their carrier files the fuel tax paperwork and they don't have to think about it. But if you understand fuel tax, then you can understand how to buy your fuel correctly, and that's where all the savings comes in. So we have two really exciting solutions that we just launched about an hour ago. We've been working on these. Where they, we launched them. They are available right now. One is an online course. It's $15. And I'm even going to give you $5 off um, from now through the end of the GAT show. Just use the, the promo code or the coupon code GATS, G-A-T-S, and you'll get $5 off. So it's only a $10 course. We're also launching, launched today. It's, it's up and live our version of fuel optimization software. So what you're going to learn in this course, and I do want you to take the course first, because it's kind of like we see people today that use a GPS but have no idea how to read a map. It's kind of like that. I mean, I can give you the software that will automate this whole process for you, and I think you should use it. But I also think you should take the course so that you're understanding what you're using and why it works so well and how much money you're really going to save. So if you go to the website, letstruck.com right now, you'll see the course there. I even, the first three lessons are free. You can get a free preview, see the first three lessons. I talk about what the course is all about, who the course is for, who should take it, who shouldn't take it, all of those things. So you can get a kind of a peek. You can see the whole outline of the course, all the lessons without paying anything. So just go to the website, letstruck.com. You'll see the link there for your free preview. Then you can decide if you want to sign up or not. In the course, I do show you a, a an example of our fuel optimization software. I'll explain to you how this works because this is just the coolest stuff on the planet. So let's say you're getting ready to plan a trip. And you also want to know on that trip, and it doesn't matter how many states you're going through. In the example I I show you in the course, I actually do Portland to Miami. That's a lot of states to go through. But here's what you do. In our software, you log in. You say, okay, I'm in Portland. I'm going to Miami. And you hit run the trip. And it routes it and does a whole bunch of other cool stuff. But the real power behind this software is it will check real-time fuel prices. Fuel prices right now, as you're looking, at every fuel stop from Portland to Miami along your route. It will calculate the correct fuel tax so you know what you're paying for the fuel, and it will even tell you exactly which fuel stop you should go to to get the absolute best price. When I did the demo this morning, I was thinking, "Eh, you know, five minutes. It took me less than 30 seconds 
from the time I logged in, ran the trip, had my results, knew exactly where I should fuel. And if you use that software, that's how you'll save the three to $5,000 a year in fuel cost without really doing any extra work. So after years of talking about this and trying to help people understand it and teaching it, we now have two very powerful, very inexpensive tools that we have brought to you to help you with this. So go check it out. If you have any questions, we can talk about it today. We've got a lot of other stuff going on. Um, Everything you need, you'll find at letstruck.com. Uh, let's see. I'm going to start on this topic. I'll probably carry it through the break. Then we'll get to your calls and questions. I have been going to truck shows for a little over 25 years. I've been doing seminars at truck shows. This will be my 20th year doing the Partners in Business program. Hard to believe, but it's true. And I've been on the air for over 10 years. This truck show... I am just blown away. I get multiple emails and invitations every day from mostly technology companies that want to meet with me at GATS. Now, I've been getting those kind of invitations for years, but this year, absolutely overwhelmed. I must have at least 20 or 25 of them right now. I, I... some of the technology I'd love to go see and, and, you know, they want me to meet with their management teams. They want me to, this is what I've been talking about. There is so much money flooding into technology and trucking right now. Things are going to change. I don't know what it's going to look like, but I've never seen anything like this. Day after day after day, I just keep getting invitations and virtually every company is not your typical trucking company or trucking product or truck product. They are all technology companies. Um, I got an invitation from Uber, and I, I thought long and hard about it, but I already know what their model is. I know what their technology is, and I just can't support or even talk to a company that is using its profits to put my tribe out of business. I just have very strong feelings about that. And I I posted that on Facebook and people said, oh, who cares? There's autonomous trucks all over. But but Uber is using the profit you're helping them generate and they're going to replace you with autonomous trucks. That bothers me. We'll be right back. I'm Kevin Rutherford.
Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. The number to join us, 8888-ROAD-DOG. So I wish I had more time at the truck show this year to meet with some of these companies. I'd love to see the technology. Um, I did turn down Uber's offer. Um, I, I, some, I'm not even a big fan of what they're doing necessarily on the app side. You know, we all waited around wondering if Uber would really change trucking by connecting shippers directly with owner-operators. We thought that's what they might be able to do, although I said nobody else has been able to do it. But I said if anybody could solve that problem, maybe it's Uber. Um, Turns out they didn't. They are a brokerage. They're just a brokerage with their own technology, and they're not even the only company with that technology. In fact, I am meeting with another company that has been referred to many times as the Uber of trucking. They have the same type of technology to make the entire transaction more seamless, um, but they don't have that conflict of interest. Uber's model on both the taxi side and the truck side is they are going to capture the market and they, they're they capturing the taxi market worldwide. People love Uber. I love it when I use it for a taxi, although now I'm wondering if I even want to do that anymore. Um, I, in fact, I'm using Lyft when I can um, just because the the Uber's model, they're capturing the market. So they've captured the market in people. They have loyal customers who use their app to get a cab. I think it was awesome the way they put all those people in business with their own car. Great model. Until I saw that they are also heavily testing autonomous cabs right now in Pittsburgh. So they used the individuals to build their market of cab riders, and now they're going to replace those individuals with autonomous vehicles. I don't know how long it's going to take. But that's clearly their model. They would not be spending the kind of money they are spending if they don't believe that this is going to happen. And I don't know if that means five years or ten years, but it's going to happen. That's why they're investing so heavily in it. Now, look at what they're doing on the truck side. They are going to use their app and their technology to capture the freight market. They're going to build a huge freight base in their brokerage. They want you to help them do that. So people are saying, oh, their rates are great. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I have a feeling they are willing to take very, very small margins on the freight right now to build a good customer base on the freight side Make sure you're happy with the technology and the rate, but they also are investing very, very heavily into autonomous trucks. So they're going to use owner-operators to help them build their business, build all that freight, and then they will control the entire game. They'll have the freight, they'll have the autonomous trucks, and you'll be out in the cold. That could happen anyway, But why in the world would you want to support the company that's doing it? I don't want to. This is is my life. I've been in this industry my whole life. 
I, I Even though I've talked about autonomous trucks, I'm going to continue talking about them. I want people to understand that they're coming. We don't know what it's going to look like, when it's going to happen, but I'm certainly not going to support a company that is investing more into autonomous trucks than almost any other company. I, it just doesn't make sense to me to do that. So there are a couple other companies out there with similar technology. I am going to meet with them, and I do want to see what they have. I, I do wish I had more time because I have to turn down a lot of these invitations. Um, but it, I'm just blown away by how many I've received this year. And like I say, it's all that tech money flowing in to the trucking industry right now. So uh, if we want to talk about that, we certainly can. One more announcement, and then I am going to get to the phone calls. Um, Monkey Brittle is back in stock. This is two weeks in a row that we've had Monkey Brittle. The reason is, this is a very special batch of Monkey Brittle, by the way. Um, Lisa and I helped make this batch from start to finish. Well, Lisa was start to finish I had to uh, go do something else on the final stage. Um, So we're pretty excited about that. So check out the Monkey Brittle in the store. Check out the course on the website. Check out our new software for fuel optimization. We have been very, very busy around here at Let's Truck, and we are going to continue to be busier and bring you more and more products that make everything you do better. Let's uh, let's get to some phone calls. Let's start off in Wyoming. Charlie, welcome to the program. How are you doing today, Kevin? Good. What's on your mind? Okay, I got an 07 Freightliner Columbia. It's got 370 rears and a 10-speed overdrive. I'm having a rough time getting it above 6.5, 6.8 mile per gallon on an average. Okay, so I, I have know that I have the specs. Tell me what you've done to this truck to try to increase fuel economy. I put the air tabs on it. Okay, I've slowed it down to sixty-three miles an hour. All right, and I put the fleet air filter on it. Okay, are you tracking this truck on fuel gauges? Yes. Okay. Good. Do you have a scan gauge? Yes. Okay, good. You're off to a good start. Um, Before we spend any more money on modifications, are we sure that the truck is running properly? There's three things I always look for before we spend a lot of money on modifications. One, I want to make sure that the engine is currently running at its peak. And the quickest way to do that is to pull an oil sample. Are you oil sampling? Yes. Actually, one went in the mail today, which I should get back in about 7 to 14 days for you to look at. Okay, we'll take a look at that. That'll tell us whether the engine's tuned properly, whether it's running clean, whether it's burning all the fuel. So that's, uh, that's step number one. It may even tell us whether or not we need to do the other two steps yet or if we should wait. The other two steps are absolutely make sure the overhead's set correctly by somebody that knows what they're doing. And if it's not, we'll see that in the oil sample. And make sure the charger or cooler isn't leaking. 
Okay, I can't guarantee the charged air cooler. I know the engine's only got 366,377 300 miles on the rebuild. Yeah, so that's by Detroit. That doesn't tell me anything. Um, I, I've seen trucks no. with 3,000 miles on an in-frame running horribly. So we, we want to verify it's tuned right, everything's running right. In the quickest way, like I say, um, we could always put it on a dyno and check some things, but that's expensive and time-consuming. The oil sample is going to tell us a lot. So those three things I would put on your list, test that charger cooler. You can lose a half mile per gallon just on a leaking charger cooler alone. Okay. But what I guess what I was wondering, with the 370s, what's the highest that can go in them housings? Can a 342 go in them, or do does the housing have to be changed? Well, here's the thing. You could put lots of gears in that housing. Um, I wouldn't, though. The the 370s on, okay. on this truck aren't horrible. They're not ideal. I, wouldn't, I would never go all the way to 342s. I would either put 355s or I would put 264s and run in ninth. But I wouldn't do either one of those things right now. Here's the reason. There's lots more fuel mileage modifications you could do and a set of gears is going to cost you four to six thousand dollars for four to six. And you're probably yeah. only going to pick up maybe two tenths with those gears. That's about it. the The RPM is not nearly as critical as everybody thinks it is. Um, I, I, I'm not sure why we got so locked into this RPM thing. I got in this argument with somebody on online the other day, and they were just clueless. Um, and they just kept saying, but the RPM, but the RPM, it, it just doesn't mean that much. It's one of those last things we would do. If the gears are wrong, yeah, we can change them. But if I'm looking at doing 10 things to improve fuel economy, gears are going to be number 10. They're going to be the last thing I do. They're too expensive. We don't get a big enough return. Uh, instead, for that $4,000, I could do a flow below. I could do an OPS with synthetic oil. I could do a fast fuel system. I, I could do better tires. I can go on and on and on. And, and if I do all of those well, things, I, I could do a Pittsburgh Power Tune. I could do a Power Box if that turned out to be the better way. I could do a Manifold. Lots of things I could do. And if I did... $4,000 worth of other upgrades, I could pick up a full mile per gallon. The $4,000 in the gear is only going to get me about two tenths. So let me get to a break. We'll come back. We'll talk about that right after this. Stick around. I'm Kevin Rutherford.
Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. The number to join us, 8888 Road Dog. I'm going to head back to Wyoming. Charlie, you still with me? Yes, I am. Okay, so, you know, uh, I, oh, go ahead. What low profile, I'm running 11R22 Feist, okay. the tall rubber. What would low profile do with the 370 rears? Would that help me or hurt me? Again, let's not focus on the RPM. It, 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 the low profile is going to increase your RPM by about 75. 75 RPMs at any given yeah, speed. Yeah, the, the RPMs I'm not worried about. I'm just wondering well, if low, it's going to help or hurt my fuel mileage. Well, here's the thing. Low profile overall is better than tall. But what we really want to focus on is rolling resistance. So if you're going to switch tires, we want to make sure we're switching to the lowest rolling resistance possible. What tire do you have on there now on the drives? Okay, I got four Yokohama 517s and four of them have four out of 577s. Yeah, I can't remember the 577. I think the 517 is actually a pretty good tire for rolling resistance. So right now, I don't think I'd focus on tires unless you need them. If you need tires or you can get a great deal. No, I don't need them. Yeah, then... Then let's skip tires I, I right know, now. But these hairs, okay. It, the next time you need to buy okay. tires, make sure you're getting a low profile, very low rolling resistant tire. Um, right now, if if this were my truck, and I was thinking about spending four thousand dollars on gears, before I did that, I would get the flow below, which is about fifteen hundred, and that's going to do more than gears just by itself. The Pittsburgh Power Tune, which is, again, about that same price, going to do way more than the gears ever will. And I'd put on an OPS with synthetic oil. Where you're probably going to pick up about seven-tenths of a mile per gallon in fuel economy with all three. And you're going to save about $1,000 a year in oil changes. Okay, yeah, I'm running the, a bypass. It's not the OPS. Oh, it's, if you've got a uh, bypass, then... Yeah, if but, you've got a bypass, then skip it. I mean, all the bypasses work just fine. But I I'm, like, not, I'm not running synthetic. Well, I would. I'm, I'm running I mean, uh, Delvac. Yeah, I would. With the, how often, you're sampling, how often do you have to change your oil with that filter clean on there? Well, the oil that's in here now has got 50,000 miles on it, and I'm waiting for the sample to come back for you to tell me what I have to do. Okay. So, whether to change it or whether or not. So let's say you had I've to change it. I've done two changes so far this year. Let's say you had to change it right now at 50,000. With the OPS, we tend to, most engines tend to go about 150,000, which means you're, you're, you can use synthetic and still cut your oil change cost in half. Then you get the fuel mileage benefits. Even if you had to change it at 50,000, that's still changing synthetic at 50 is cheaper than changing uh, conventional at 15, and you get the fuel economy benefit. So I would, you could scratch the OPS. You've already got a filter. I would switch to synthetic, do the flow below, the Pittsburgh Power Tune. You're going to be in much better shape spending that money than gears. Gears can be later. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I want to get the fast system. Uh which I'm hoping to have that purchased by the, hopefully the end of next month, and then I'll get someone to uh, 
put it on for me to make sure it is installed the right way. Yeah, there you go. Well, like I say, uh, if you're looking for the biggest bang for your buck right now, um, the flow below would be your best bet. It's about $1,500, and you can install it yourself. So you don't have any additional installation cost. And we're having trucks pick up three or four tenths alone with that system. Uh, you can check that one out in our store, by the way. We're going to get to Arkansas this time. Carl, welcome to the program. Hello, Kevin. What's on your mind hey, today? Got three things for you today. Three things. All right, shoot. Well, I want to talk about, yeah, I want to talk about the Dario, about bone broth. And I got to give you big thanks for getting the book, What to Do When It's Your Turn, into your store. I love that book. Love that book? Yeah. When, when, I, when, you, when I seen you got it in the store, I did my Christmas shopping. Oh, good idea. That's what an what awesome giving, gift. That's what I'm giving people for Christmas this year. What a what a great idea. You know, I don't yeah. we we really don't carry books in our store because you can get them on Amazon, you can get them all over the place. People have Kindles. That book though, it, it, it's not a book if for people who don't know, you know this. Not a book that you sit down and just read, you know, cover to cover. It's a book that you can randomly open to any page. Read what's on that page, and it will really make you think, and it will give you great ideas. And that book's hard to come by. Um, we we ha- in order for us to get it, we have to buy a hundred of them at the t- at a time, uh, and that's why we decided to put it in the store because so mem- so many of our listeners just love that book. Oh yeah, I I get up and I read a page every morning or most mornings. Once in a while, I forget, but. That gives me a little something to think about as I go through the day. Yeah. And, I'll, you know, I'll go back to it two or three times, maybe a dozen times in the day, and it just provokes thought. Great way to start the day. I love that. Uh, yeah. You know, on my Dario, I got it. I broke it out last night and was reading the directions and getting ready to check it out. And it won't plug into my iPhone 7. Do you still have the original box that your iPhone came in? Yeah. There's an... And, and the, the adapter the adapter is gone. Oh. Uh, my dog decided she needed something to floss her teeth with. <laughs> you know, I, I am frustrated with that from Apple. But you know what? They have a long, long history of this. Forever. I, I've been an Apple and a Mac user forever. They are always eliminating things that we are used to to improve something. But but it always causes a problem in the beginning. You know, they were the first ones to eliminate virtually every connector on the computer. They eliminated CD drives a long, long time ago and DVD drives. And now on the phone, they've eliminated the audio jack. And you use the, the lightning connector, but for most devices, you have to have an adapter. So I, I get it. I was a little frustrated. Yeah. I, you know what I tell you I did? Because I, I just bought a 10-pack of those adapters, and I just stashed them everywhere. <laughs> I may have to do that. <laughs> Every time I needed one, I didn't have one around, and I finally just got tired of it, and I bought 10 of them, and I've got one every time I need it now. Yeah, I'm, 
I may have to buy several of them and put one in my wallet just in case. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh, and on the bone broth. Yes. I made up. I, I made up some of the beef bone broth from your kit. Okay. This week, but I did it. I did it a little different than what the directions called for. I, I had a few extra bones kicking around that I'd managed to keep away from the dogs. So I, I threw them in the pot with the, with the bag. And then I just dumped in a full gallon of water. And I put in about a cup of vinegar. Okay. And then I, I pressure cooked it for an hour. Then I let it sit for 24 or thereabout, pressured it again for an hour, let it sit for another 24, and then I pressured it for the third hour. That was yesterday. Wow. And it is amazing. I'll bet it is. You got very creative. The, 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 the vinegar really adds a lot to it, and, and I think the pressuring it and then letting it sit 24 hours probably added some to it too but i i was just kind of wondering if you'd ever tried doing something like that with it not like that i may try it now though because uh that sounds like a great idea the vinegar also adds a lot of health benefits the vinegar itself has health benefits but it also pulls more of the minerals out of the bone and that's what we're after we're after the minerals the collagen the gelatin the marrow and the vinegar helps pull even more of all of that out so you've got a pretty darn healthy batch of bone broth there yeah i i think i'm going to be doing it that way all the time sounds sounds like a great idea where i live in my yeah where, where i live in my truck i don't like to cook anything for too long in it but an hour here and an hour there doesn't heat it up too bad and makes a good broth great idea i will have to try that great feedback good talking to you today i've got to get to a break we've got a lot of stuff going on check out our newest course it's all about fuel optimization if you don't know what that is go on over and check out the course there's a free preview you'll know whether you need to do it or not it's 15 dollars We're giving you $5 off all this week. Use the promo code GATS, G-A-T-S. We'll be right back. I'm Kevin Rutherford.
Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. The number to join us, 8888-ROAD-DOG. We're going to get right back to some phone calls. We are off to Ohio this time. Mike, welcome to the program. Kevin, thank you for taking my call. Love the show. Thank you. Uh, you're on it at midnight weekdays, right? Correct. Is that that's a live show? Uh, Can I listen to that anytime on a podcast or something? Uh, it's interesting that you ask. So that used to be a live show. Um, the problem was it was just about killing me to do a midnight show, <laughs> plus run a company, plus do all the other stuff we do. So I finally, um, I went back to Sirius and I said, look, I love doing the show, but I, I'm going to have to go back to, do, many, many years ago, I just do we, did weekends. And I said, I, I'm either going to have to go back to just doing weekends, or what if I pre-record my weeknight shows? So that's what we do on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of every week. Um, we pre-record five or six shows, so we have stuff to play all week long. Uh, so it sounds live, but it's really Memorex. Um, we are, I don't really want to let the cat out of the bag yet, um, but I might have something by next weekend even, although next weekend is Gats. We're going to have a, a new way to listen to the show that's going to be very easy. You can do it as a podcast right now. As long as you have a podcast app and you know how to do it, you can subscribe to our shows and they'll show up on your podcast app. So we all those recorded shows throughout the week, we also podcast those. So the easiest way to find them is go to our website, letstruck.com, and there's a tab for Audio Road. That's our podcast network. And you can... Check on, click on yeah, that tab, on that. And, and you'll see all the different shows that we offer. Excellent, excellent. So I got a couple quick questions. Been company driver for too long. I uh, want to buy a truck. Fluids, fluid testing. Um, oil samples. If I find a truck I want to buy, I'm sure they would hold it with a deposit until the oil sample cleared. Correct. Yeah, but let and me how tell long you what does the it take to clear an oil sample. You know, if we put a, if you put a rush on it, like you FedEx it in, you know, ask the lab to rush it. When when we do oil samples at at our events, um, we can get them back in two or three days. We can get them back pretty quick. Uh-huh. The, here's the problem you're going to run okay. into: if you just randomly walk out onto a truck lot, every truck sitting there has just had the oil changed. It's one of the first things. That was another thing. Yeah. yeah. So here's what I used to do. Because um, I, I very seldom ever find the truck I'm looking for on the lot anyway because I'm very picky. So I had two or three uh-huh. truck dealers that I had a relationship with. And when I was looking for a used truck, I would write everything down that I was looking for. And I would say, this is an absolute. Don't even call me if the truck doesn't have this. These I'd really like, right. but, you know, I'll consider other options. And then I would say, go find this truck for me. And do not change the oil when you find it. Because I want to do an oil sample before you change the oil. Because truck dealers buy wholesale trucks all the time. And if you get to them first and you yeah. say, this is what I'm looking for, let them go find it for you, and then you can get a good oil sample. Be- otherwise, it's not worth doing because it's just sitting there with brand new oil in it. It's brand new oil. 
kind of like a truck with new tires. Boy, it's nice it has new <laughs> tires, but I sure would have liked to have seen what it looks like at 100,000 miles. Yeah, anyway, absolutely. Um, ELDs, quick question on ELDs. I've been on ELDs now with a few different companies for two or three years. And, you know, I, I don't miss driving down the road being out of compliance virtually constantly with paper logs. I don't miss juggling it. Um, but they're a pain in the ass, and we sure could lose that 14-hour part, and I'd be happy. And I don't really know many drivers out there that actually need 34 hours rest. Yeah. But <laughs> whatever. But anyway, the question is, with the last few I've been using, I can roll up to two miles as long as I don't go over 25 miles an hour, and it stays in off-duty. Now, is that a setting from the company, or is that a mandate in the law, or... Am I someday going to find a truck that if I roll five feet, it's going to put me in violation or back on duty? I don't think we'll ever see sense? anything that. Yeah, it does. It, and I'm not going to have the the absolute best answer for you here because I don't think anybody knows yet. You know, we've been talking about these things for over 10 years. We've known they've been coming yeah. for a couple years. They're They're here in a matter of a few months and the industry is nowhere near ready. Now, there are lots of people that are fighting to say, put it off, put it off. I'm saying the opposite. Why put it off? That's what got us where we are now. We're not ready because nobody had to get ready. If we put it off, I guarantee you. Denial. Yeah, exactly. Three months after we put it off, nobody's going to be ready again. The only way we're ever going to get ready is just pull the trigger and do this. We'll figure it. it out. The do laws it. are going to change. It's a system. Exactly. So let, let's yeah. – I don't want them. Let me just start I, – I have to say that about 100 times a week or people accuse me of – somebody actually posted a <laughs> Facebook message that said, I don't want anything to do with Kevin and his ELD mandate anymore. I had no idea that I mandated. Yeah, I had no idea that I mandated ELDs. I don't remember doing that, but I, I according oh. to him, I did. Apparently, you did at yeah. some point, right? Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I, that's truckers. Half half the time, we don't hear anything we want to hear anyway. Yeah. So I don't so, know what the right, final well, settings good, are going to be. They'll work that out. Um, do you know how long have you been driving? Oh gosh too long i'm looking at retirement and so, i started driving when i was 18 okay got it so you mentioned the 34-hour so, restart took, but i took a decade and a half off in the middle of all that okay then you mentioned the 34-hour restart which i think is ridiculous i think it's counterproductive 34 hours yeah. depending on how it falls can actually make you more tired and aggravated um right? I, I don't know why people don't consider to continue to run under the recap system the way we used to. Yeah, you know, that's all good if you, you know, if you run whatever, eight and a half, nine hours a day. But I don't know. I just like to stay rolling. If I have to take 34, then I just do other things. Yeah. More more things than you can get accomplished in 10 hours. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so everybody figures out their own way. If it were up to me, I've said this before, I do away with hours of service completely. And if if you ever, you know, maybe there is some sort of 
loose tracking just so when somebody gets into an accident or does something stupid, if you were in violation, you just lose your CDL forever. Um, Don't babysit me. Let me be responsible for myself. And if I'm irresponsible, then I just lose my ability to drive. But, you know, we don't hold anybody responsible for anything in this country anymore. Yep. And, you know, left to my own devices, I would probably drive 16 hours a day. But, you know, I'm smart enough to know when I'm tired. But that gets back, unfortunately, this is like a beating a dead drum is that freaking 14-hour thing where I'm like, holy shit, I really need to take a few hours (laughs) off here. I'm really tired, but I can't. That was the stupidest stupidest rule they ever instituted. How helpful is that? Yeah. What's the point? And we're all out here to make money. So how many people just want to sit inside a rope for six, eight hours? Well, I do go fishing or something. But, you know, ultimately, you want to get there. Here's the thing. People are going to self-regulate, and they're going to get there. But The the minute you even say the 14-hour clock, I feel like I'm in a hurry all of a sudden. All the way. All the way. Yeah. Traffic at a shipper. All these things that everybody talks about over and over on the show and other shows. Yeah. Get rid of, I'd be happy as a clam. Drop a 14-hour clock. Make me take my 10-hour break. Make me take a 24-hour reset if that's the case, whatever. Yeah. Half of it, I think, is they want 34-hour reset because in their feeble minds, they think, oh, that trucker's going to shut down in the evening. Yeah. Let's make him park until he can start driving in the morning. But what about the driver that shuts down at 6 o'clock in the morning? Well, oh, hell, then it means he starts driving again at 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. And remember the stupid rule that was in there, something about between these hours and not between those hours. And, and that was really a disaster. Oh. It, it's uh, a typical government, just like they screw up everything else. Um, they're going to screw up this ELD. There's no question about it. We're just going to have to get through it. Um, the time to argue it was a long, long time ago. October is two months before the mandate goes into place is not the time to go to pro to D.C. and protest. But that's what the group's doing. And they've got 18 or 20,000 members on their Facebook group. Where were those people at the listening sessions? They weren't there. Let's go to Virginia. Scott, welcome to the program. Oh, Hello, oh Scott, hold, hold on. I got all uh, got all wound up, got on my soapbox, forgot to look at the clock. It's a good thing the music's there, or I would run right into the break every time. That's why I have to have that music, by the way, because I, uh, I can't rant and rave and watch the clock at the same time. We'll be right back. We'll get to your call right after this, so don't go away. I'm Kevin Rutherford.
Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. The number to join us, 8888 Road Dog. I just said I can't multitask, and I have about 10 things going on today between the truck show, our new course, all kinds of news we've got going on, great calls. Um, it's too much. I think I need an on air assistant right now. But um, we are going to continue on with our. Great American Truck Show Preview. Joining me right now from Flow Below, Josh Josh Butler. Josh, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. How you doing? Doing great. So uh, what's new and exciting over there at uh, Flow Below these days? My God, I am seeing your product everywhere. Yeah, well, that is, that's definitely one exciting thing, uh, especially for me. I still get a kick out of it every time I, I see it uh, while I'm driving down the road. But, um, but yeah, we've got a lot of exciting things going on, and I, I hope I have the time to, to tell you about all of them. But, uh, um, you know, Gap's coming around the corner. We're going to at least uh, be at this show. I don't think we'll have a booth this year, but we'll probably see some of you guys there and hope to see you, Kevin, of course. Um some other recent developments that I wanted to tell you about um, was that we're actually coming out with a uh, quick release center fairing version of our product that allows easy access to uh, the fairings when you're, you know, installing tire chains, um, which, you know, we've had numerous requests. I think some of your um, listeners have, have asked in the past about that. And, um, you know, we do now have a system. It's not officially on our website, but, um, you know, we are going to begin offering that, and I'd actually uh, I need to talk to you about how to get that um, updated on your website too. So sure, that's um, that's, that's exciting. One, you know, recent development. That's, yeah, yeah. It's just a, uh, you know, we focus so much on making making it very easy for the driver um, or the mechanic to to get access. Um, you know, we uh, unlike a, a tail or another aerodynamic device, ours you know is basically shouldn't require any interaction except for you know, heavy maintenance or, you know, installing chains. And so in that case, we just make it very easy. So, Excellent. Excellent. But, uh, what else yeah, you got? So, uh, that's, well, um, one thing I wanted to share with you guys, uh, is that we are participating pretty heavily in the, uh, North American council of freight efficiency has a, uh, run on less demonstration program that's coming up in the next few weeks. Um, I don't know if you've you've heard much about that, Kevin, but uh Josh, let me interesting let program, me, Mike. Let me jump in real quick, um, because I do have some history there. I've known Mike Roth uh since before that group started. I, I've spoken uh, at at their events. Um and that idea, um, Mike and I came up with that together on the phone several years ago. Um and, and we okay. wanted he wanted to do the fleet side. I was going to organize the owner operator side, and um, he really stayed at it. And I have to give him credit; he did an awesome job of bringing this event together. And they're not going to do the owner operator side with it this year. Maybe we'll be able to do that in the future. Um, th- they're doing all new trucks right now, which I, I get. They don't want to mix up new technology and old technology. But um, you know, congratulations to Mike for getting that done because it's an awesome event. And I'm glad to hear you guys are involved. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. We're we're a big supporter of, of their group and everything they're doing. Um, but there are two drivers on there. Um, I don't know if you know Joel Morrow. He, he's with a, a fleet, but he drives his 
his own truck, and he's been uh, owner operator himself for many years. And then Henry Albert, which I'm sure you know, Henry. Um, just uh, if you could picture uh, a man possibly more obsessed about fuel economy <laughs> than you, Kevin, and, and me, then I, that would be that's Henry, Henry Albert. So. That that's Henry. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I but, I, re- uh, I remember meeting uh, Henry I, the first time. It was the year that he won the Overdrive uh, Trucker Owner Operator of the Year Award, and I, I was talking to him, and I think my neck is still sore because you know I'm really short and he's really tall. Um, but I, I thought, oh my God, this is the first person I met that's more obsessed with fuel economy than I think I am. <laughs> yeah. Well, he, he's uh, a wealth of knowledge. You get the chance to talk to him, um, and you you know can stand for a while. Then I would go. I would go for it. Um, <laughs> That's right. Some other develop. One other thing I wanted to share with you, though, is that um, you know we've been heading up to Denton, Texas, uh, pretty pretty often to visit the folks at the Peterbilt plant. Um, so they are actually now offering our our full product factory installed on the new 579. Wow. Um, so that's that's another really exciting development, yeah. You um, know, but, uh, I, I, I've got to congratulate you. I've been doing fuel mileage products for a very, very long time. And, you know, on the owner-operator side, we've, we've been able to show a lot of people how to get better fuel economy. It wasn't easy. It took us a lot of years. People finally started to trust us and do it, and they saw that. It, if we talked about it, it worked. Um, but I have watched company after company come out with good products, try to sell on the fleet or the OEM side and absolutely fail. And your product has so many benefits and it was engineered and designed so well. You've had fantastic success with the OEMs and the fleets. And that is just really rare on a fuel mileage product. Yeah. And to some extent we, we got lucky, uh, I'd say part of that is a little bit of, you know, OCD. My partners and I, we, <laughs> we hunkered down for, for actually a couple of years until we got it right. You know, that's, it just takes a, um, you know, an incredible amount of dedication and, and risk at the beginning. You know, we, we had, you know, no sales for the first couple of years until we really launched the product. But, uh, um, yeah, I, it's been, it's been a wild ride and uh, it continues to be more and more exciting. So our next battle is to do this again on, on the new product. And so um, on the trailer, which uh, is the next uh, area for us to focus on, we, we do have something um, that will be officially launched later this year. But for now, it is, I, I think you can find a couple pictures of it online, but it's basically a bogey fairing system for a trailer. Uh, we recently did some fuel economy validation tests with it, and we saw a little bit over 2% um, by addressing the airflow around the wheels of the trailer. Um, so similar to our system on the truck, this would mount around the trailer wheels, but it would it would be fiberglass panels to match, you know, the side skirts, which most, most folks are running, so it would match the aesthetics of the side skirts um, while also controlling the airflow around the wheels in between and also behind. Um, so the fairing behind the wheels on that trailer bogey would would kind of you know angle inward, sort of like a tail on the back to to shape that air back you know as a teardrop. So that's really exciting, and and um, you know it's going to be all suspension mounted, so it's actually technically not um, something that will be mounted to the trailer. It's all mounted to the suspension of the trailer. Wow. 
Well, the one thing I will say is is you can yeah. tell that you guys hunkered down for a couple years because the the first thing that impressed me about your product was the engineering and the detail and and I've watched so many companies see an idea whether it's side skirts or tails or whatever it is and just throw something out on the market um and yours is the exact opposite of that. It is so well thought through, so well engineered and produced that that's why it's successful. There's no question. Yeah. Well, well, thank you, Kevin. And and before I go, I, I wanted to to offer up something, and I, I I hope you don't mind me doing this, Kevin. But you know, normally we're going to be charging you know a, an upgrade option for these quick release fairings for uh, for our product. It'll still be an option, but I thought perhaps until the end of the year, you know, with you guys, anybody that orders it on your website, it would be a free upgrade. Wow. For Let's Truck listeners, and we would only do that with you guys. Um, so, you know, we need to get the website updated, of course, but, um, you know, we're, we're still getting feedback from people. So part of the benefit of that, of course, is that we would be talking to these drivers, um, your listeners, as we already do. Several of them call us from time to time, even stop by and, and see our facility. So we... We welcome that. If anybody, you know, wants to reach out to us after they've ordered it and stop by and, and, and come and see us, have lunch at our facility, you know, we would love that. Fantastic. No, we don't mind at all. We're excited about that. So we will get right on the website and get it updated and uh, look forward to that. Yeah, and, and we'll encourage our people to give you feedback on that as well. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Um well, Kevin, I, I enormously appreciate you having me on the show. Um, of course, if you have any questions or anybody else has any questions, I'm, I'm here for as long as you need me, but I know you got other stuff to do. So Fantastic. Thanks for joining us. All exciting stuff. We're looking forward to it, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Okay. Take All care, right. Kevin. We'll Take care. Flowbelow, I was just talking about that product earlier with Charlie. Um, we carry that in our store. There aren't a lot of fuel mileage products we carry in our store for a lot of reasons. But as soon as I saw that product a couple years ago uh, and saw the engineering and the detail, then saw the fuel mileage results, we knew we wanted that one. And it was a very good choice. They continue to pioneer new ideas. Awesome stuff. So we will be right back. Stick around. We've got a lot going on today, but we'll get to it right after this. I'm Kevin Rutherford.
Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. The number to join us, 8888-ROAD-DOG. I'm going to get right back to the calls. Let's go to Virginia. Scott, welcome to the program. Hey, man. Uh, Thanks for the good show, as always. Um, I got a 60 Series Detroit that I had rebuilt by an authorized Detroit dealer. Okay. And since then, then, I've got about 25,000 miles on it. My average, I've lost about a half a mile per gallon. I don't know if there's some kind of coincidence or, you know, if you got some ideas of some things I should go ahead and start looking into. I've had one oil sample done, but it was right away. Yeah. Probably about 5,000 miles. You know, cleaned it out, put some new oil in it, and good. I've not okay. done another one since. Yeah, I would do an oil sample. I've got some ideas, and this isn't all that uncommon. Um, we see this quite a bit. There's a couple things going on. One, the engine's a little tight. It's not as, you know, like trying to break in a new truck where everything is tight. But the engine itself is a little tight. It's going to loosen up a little bit. That's going to help some. Many, many times we see the, for whatever reason, I don't know why, but the overhead set just wasn't done right during the in-frame or it doesn't hold and the the overhead gets way out of whack pretty quickly on an in-frame sometimes. So I would go back and redo um, the overhead. Now, I may give it another fifteen or 20,000 miles. And, and then go back and do it somewhere between 50 and 75 for sure. And and you could even do it a little sooner. Right. Um, the other thing we want to check for is, is any leaks. I, I would do not only a pressure test of the charger cooling system, but I would also do a smoke test. A lot of things were apart. And when they go back together, it's not uncommon to have leaks. I've seen that that engine is very prone right. to... Uh, intake manifold leaks, which will do the same thing as a leaking charger cooler. You've got all the boots and hoses that, you know. Right. So I would do both a pressure test of the charger cooler itself and a full smoke test of the entire intake system. Right. All right. Yeah, I was a little disappointed because I finished yeah. up uh, – a new Hendrickson suspension for my trailer with a lift axle. So not only have I got a lift axle, which is helping me probably 40% of the time, you know, I got the new engine and then I'm like, Oh, are you freaking kidding me? I, I know that <laughs> I, I've had that happen. I've, I've, I remember specking a brand new truck and thinking, my God, I have got the best fuel mileage truck on the planet and being very disappointed in the results. Fuel mileage can be a tough game sometimes normally we see an increase because if the engine needed rebuilt, it's usually pretty worn out and it's not efficient anymore. So most of the time we see an increase, but every once in a while we see one like this. And it almost always, here's the other thing you have to be careful of. Um, We never know, and you're never going to get a straight answer, what the shop does to the ECM while it's in there. And you can wipe out fuel economy right. so fast in that ECM, it's not even funny. So you may want to think about having somebody you trust um, that really knows the ECMs look at that thing and see what they've done in there. And I, I would I would put a good, solid <clears throat> performance and fuel economy tune in there, and you'll pick up probably a mile per gallon. 
Right. Well, I, I've got a polling. I can go back and check and see if they changed any of the timing on my um, on my injectors. Now, I didn't I didn't have my injectors replaced. They just did the head and the lower end. Okay. So, and I've I've been having I've been having soot blow out of my exhaust stacks now for quite a while, um, before and and even a little bit since the uh, rebuild. So I don't know if that's a for sure. Sign. I do have the Pittsburgh Power exhaust manifold and turbo. Okay. Um, I, I, but anyway. Probably the, the bet, you know, I, I would test that intake system and I would pull an oil sample and then we're going to see what's wrong. I mean, if there's a lot of soot, some fuel dilution, we're going to know the overhead needs to be redone. Um, I, I think you're going to find the problem in, in, in one of those two things or they've just really messed up the tune on the ECM. Right. Which, yeah, that is possible. Now, um, you know, I talked to Pittsburgh Power and asked them, you know, with a truck with this many miles on it or an engine with this many miles on it, would they recommend synthetic or conventional oil? Because I thought, well, shoot, if I'm going to have it built um, for the second time, maybe I should, you know, maybe switch over to synthetic, and they told me just to stick with the 1540. What's your so, thoughts on that? So here's the thing. Uh, do you remember who you talked to over there? Uh, no. Okay. okay. No, I've they, talked to a couple of different people. One, yeah. of the guys that's been, one of the guys that's been on your show is who I talked to. But it wasn't Bruce. Okay. It was one of the other guys, but I can't so, remember his name. So they, they've still got some old school guys over there. Um, they have their opinions. They've been around a long time. They know engines. Um, I don't always agree with them. Um, the, I'll tell you the guy that I agree with right. right down the line on almost everything is John. Um, John is just an amazing guy. Right. And John and I are 100% in agreement on synthetic. It is a superior oil. The only downside is on some engines, the film is a little thin, and you might burn some extra oil. But you just add an in-frame. I mean, this engine's solid. I don't care if it's got 3 million miles on it. It, The only place we're really concerned about that oil is the ring, you know, how well it's fitting and seating to the cylinders. And you just add an in-frame. Um, you know, if we put synthetic in there and it goes through a gallon of oil or every seven or 8,000 miles, I think that's a good thing because it just keeps the oil a little more fresh anyway. Right. Well, guess what? It's, it's worse now than what it was before I built the engine, my oil consumption. Oh, you didn't tell me that. That's where your fuel economy is going. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Well, yeah. Well, see, this is the thing. And I called you. I called Bruce. I talked to a lot of different people. I thought I was doing the best thing. I would go between 12, about average, about 12,000 miles changing my oil before I had to add a gallon of oil. And then it was about every 3,000 miles um, before I did the in-frame. Well, my first oil run after we did the end frame hell i didn't go three thousand miles and i had to put my first gallon of oil in it yeah let let's hope that that settles in um you know a lot of oil consumption means that 
there's enough space between those rings and, and cylinder walls that the oil can get up there and, and be burnt, which also means that you're losing a lot of compression. Right. The other thing I would probably do is I would do a compression check on this thing, a, a crankcase pressure test. Okay. All not, right. not, I, I misspoke. Not a compression I know, I know check. There's not... We're, a crankcase pressure test. Right. Right, right. Well, I know... I know, you know, before I did the in-frame, man, it, I, and I, this was just a visual test, but a lot of the smoke and whatever coming out of the blow-by was huge. Yeah. I mean, you could see it from a good bit of distance away, but now, you know, like I said, it's just an eye test, but now as you don't see anything like that. Now, I, I did go ahead and change the oil, like I was telling you, at 10,000 miles, and it acts like it's starting to get a little bit better, but really what what made me come unglued was when I talked to that Detroit dealer, they said, oh, wow, shoot, you're okay. Said, Detroit specs aren't but like a quart, of my, uh, uh, a quart every thousand miles. And I said, wait a minute. That's a gallon every 4,000 miles. <laughs> right. I had my motor built because everybody told me a gallon at 3,000 was bad. Now you're telling me it's in specs. That, really? That that anyway, is that's, I know it's early, but uh, not that's their warranty criteria, and I think it's awful. I mean, there is no way a, a yeah. fresh rebuild should be burning a gallon every four thousand, but they think that's okay. Otherwise, they end up doing in frames over. So I, I would give this a little time, let it settle in. But in the meantime, I would be doing another oil sample. Let's take a look at that. Um, test that intake system, and then we'll see if it looks like this thing might need a uh, another valve set on it. All right, I'm going to head off to, um, you know what? I think I'm just going to take us into the break. Um, then I'll come back and get to some more calls here in just a minute. Um, I, I got a message, and somebody wanted to know, on our new fuel optimization software, where it checks real-time fuel prices, tells you exactly where to buy the fuel. I missed a really important point, and I'm glad he asked about it. He wanted to know, well, what about his fuel discounts? The software is awesome. If you get a fuel discount, $0.04 off at this chain, $0.05 off at that chain, $0.02, doesn't matter how many of them you get, you go in and we, we load that into the system ahead of time. You never have to think about it again. And it will give you your real fuel pricing at those stops. It will calculate in your discount. You only have to enter it one time. So I'm glad he asked that. I forgot to mention that. I, I'm going to do an entire course on how to use our fuel optimization software. And that course will be free. Um, I just have to find time to get to that one. There's a ton of uh, powerful tools inside that software that I don't have time to explain. I'll show them in a course. So go check it out. It's at letstruck.com. We'll be right back. I'm Kevin Rutherford.
Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. The number to join us, 8888 Road Dog. We're going to continue on with our Great American Truck Show preview. Joining me right now, coming back to the show from BreakSafe, is Andy Malian. Andy, welcome to the program. Thanks, Kevin. Great to be back. Hey, before you get started, because I know you have all kinds of exciting things to share with us, I got to tell you, I absolutely love your product, but it's one of the most frustrating products I have to deal with because it's hard to get people excited about it until they see it. Once they see it and they understand it, then they get excited. But it's hard to get people excited about brakes sometimes. You do a good job because you, you, you live and eat and breathe brakes and you know all the statistics and all the reasons. But it, it, it's frustrating because people won't look. And then when they look, they're like, oh, my God, look at this thing. It's amazing. And it really is. One of those products that's just drop dead simple. And so effective, and it does what it does so well. So before you get started, I just want you to give everybody a quick idea of what it is that that you have and and what what we're talking about. Okay, what we're talking about is BrakeSafe and the the logger upgrade. And what BrakeSafe does is it helps drivers to address the number one out-of-service violation in North America, that being brakes out of adjustment. And that's statistic hasn't changed since they started keeping records of it 15, 17 years ago. And, you know, in most cases, drivers think that, well, I've got an automatic slack adjuster, so I don't really have to worry. It's going to do the work and it's going to adjust itself, and therefore we'll just leave it alone. And then there's also the maintenance factor, which I want to get into again um, a little bit later, Kevin. But BrakeSafe basically is a visual brake stroke indicator diagnostic tool. So you have a metal bracket that attaches to the stud mounting bolt on the brake chamber, we manufacture what we call the goalposts to the three DOT legal limits um, based on the brake chamber size that's on your equipment. You have a replacement clevis pin for the slack adjuster, and those are basically the, the components. So once you determine what brake chamber size you have, you would pick the correct goalpost. So for example, if on a steer axle you have a type 16 chamber, you'd take a look at the goalpost, and uh, they're stamped 175 on the top. That's a one and three quarter inch, so that would be your goalpost. Um, let's say that you have a long stroke 3030 chamber on, on your drive, which would have the square ports on it. You'd look at the goalpost, and it's stamped 250, so that's your two and a half inch. Replace the existing clevis pin with our modified clevis pin. You'd leave the goalpost loose in the slide, line up center to center with the brakes fully released, the goalpost to the red clevis pin indicator, tighten it down, and that's the end of the installation. So it's very, very quick. In fact, last year at the CMC, I think we did over 20, uh, 20 installations in the parking lot for people that purchased the products. So it's, it's, a, it's, it's a simple install. Yeah, and that's the other and thing I, it's I really Yeah, that's the other thing Go I like ahead. about it. It's really easy to install yourself. We have people who get excited about a product, buy it. I find them a year later, they haven't got it installed yet because they have to find somebody who knows how and pay for it. And yours is drop dead easy. The beauty of this you know, to, to, we could talk about the product all day. When you and I get together, we do talk about it. But just to give everybody an idea, brakes are always out of adjustment. We see it all the time over and over and over. Slack adjusters don't always work right. Uh, automatic slack adjusters. And this is a problem. And 
the way that they should be checking their brake stroke adjustment on pre-trips is not being done. A lot of drivers don't even know how to do it, and doing it yourself is really difficult to do it right. This product takes all that away. With the the well, exactly. Take, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say with the brake safe and the arrow logger, literally, it's nothing more than part of your visual walk around, and you can see whether or not your brakes are in adjustment. Absolutely, and and one of the things when you talk about the logger, the the reason that we designed the logger several years ago was to make it easier for owner operators, drivers that that drive by themselves. And basically, you can do your own DOT inspection for brake adjustment by yourself anywhere, anytime. And the way that the logger is set up, and again, it's hard to describe over the air, but certainly if you go to uh, to your to the Less Truck website, you know the pictures are there, the video is there, so you can actually take a look at it. But in a nutshell, to do your your pre-trip, you'd have your pressure to 90 to 100 pounds, turn your engine off, release the parking brake then give it a full brake application the way the DOT would make you hold that brake pedal down and then release it. And what happens is that the clevis pin moves the arrow logger to the furthest brake stroke application at that point in time. And you would release the brakes then, set your parking brake, and then go do a walk around and do the rest of your pre-trip and see where the logger uh, arm sits. And as long as it's uh, between the two goalposts, you know that you're you're perfectly safe, and you you know you can go on on your way. So it's it's a very simple uh, tool, and I've had so many people say to me that you know what I don't know why I didn't order this so so many you know so long ago because, like you said earlier, it's it's a no brainer. I mean, it's once so they see it, yeah. Hey, say I speaking of a no brainer, I just had a brainstorm. Um, when I'm done, I'm going to get you back over to Lisa. I want her to get you uh, into, we just launched Let's Truck University. And it's going to be a series of online training courses that have video and audio. And we can walk somebody step by step. We can show pictures. Um, we've released two courses already. One is on the health side. The other one's on the fuel tax side. And fuel optimization, because it's another one of those things that I have a hard time explaining on the air. But when people get it, then they get it. it it's a lot like the brake safe. So I want you to see our course. It, go through one of them. Just kind of scroll through there. And if you're up for it, I would love for you and I together to build a course on brake maintenance, brake inspection, and show why this is such an amazing product. I think that'd be an awesome online course. Love to do it, you know, and, and speaking of, you know, if we can just digress a little bit here because I just want to clear the air on something that um, in one of our previous shows, Kevin, I, I mentioned when we were talking about uh, maintaining automatic slack adjusters. And, and one of the comments that I made at my particular show was that I said, you know, never use a molly grease. And I happened to be at a conference uh, several months ago and there were some slack manufacturers there. Um, Bendix was there. Um, uh, Meritor was there. And um, um, who else was there? Stemco. And, you know, we were talking, I was talking to a couple of the engineers about slacks and maintaining them, the proper greasing procedures and maintenance of them and so on. And I said, I was told that never use a Molly. And the Bendix people said, yeah, absolutely, never use a Molly. And, the, and yet, Stemco, says only use a molly okay 
So the point I'm trying to, what I want to bring up here was the fact that it's so important to check what slack manufacturer you have on your equipment and then take a look at the installation instructions and typically in those they tell you what type of grease to use because they're all different. So, you know, one manufacturer says don't use a molly, one says use a molly, another one says use a grade two grease, another one says use a grade one grease, another one says it's okay to use a chassis lube. So I just want to let the listeners know that that slack adjuster is critical to maintaining proper adjustment in your braking capabilities. So, you, you know, I just wanted to clear that up because I didn't want anybody to think that, um, especially when Stemco said to me, no, no, Andy, we, we recommend Molly in ours. So I just wanted to bring that up to the fact that, you know what, that slack adjuster is so critical. Yeah. And, and typically yeah. it's, it's, it's not properly maintained. Um, whereas, you know, one manufacturer says, okay, you grease every 50,000 miles or another one may say every 25,000 miles. So uh, I just wanted to bring that up because if that slack isn't working correctly, as you know, Kevin, then your brakes aren't working properly. Exactly. And, oh. and, and you know this because you're on top of it. You're involved with this all the time. This is the number one problem on roadside inspections. Drivers don't understand their braking system. They, they don't realize how easy it would be with this product. I've said many, many times, if I could pick one product that I think should be standard on every OEM truck, this would be it. I wish they were. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. Um, it, it, it would make life, it, would, it makes life easier. And, you know, one of the things that, that I've mentioned on, on the show many times in the past uh, is the fact that when law enforcement see our product on a piece of equipment, whether it be the tractor or trailer, they take a totally different approach to the inspection. And I know that, you know, a lot of listeners say, well, you know what, he's probably just saying that. But I can, I can guarantee you that I've had so many calls from people saying, you know what, I got stopped and the, the officer saw the brake safe on there, told me to do a brake application. Next thing I know, I, I was getting a CVSA sticker for six months and I was gone out of the line. Yeah. Hey, so I know we've got more to say. The, the music's playing. I've got to get to a break. We'll come back. We'll uh, wrap this up, but I don't want to rush it. So, Andy, hang with me through the break, and we'll uh, give out the rest of the details right after this. If, uh, if you don't want to wait, you can always head over to the Let's Truck Store. Brake Safe and Aerologger is one of the products we like so much. It's in our store to make it nice and easy for you to find. That's Let'sTruck.com. Stick around. We'll be right back. I'm Kevin Rutherford.
Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. The number to join us, 8888-ROAD-DOG. I'm going to go back to Andy from BreakSafe. Uh, Andy, like I said, when you and I get together and we talk about this, we talk forever. I love this product. I just wish we could convince more people to go look at it. It's it's uh, such a huge time saver. It'll keep you out of trouble when it comes to brakes, roadside inspections, and safe. You know, sometimes we talk about, you know, the benefit of, you know, not getting dinged on a roadside inspection. But I just saw another picture online of a truck in a runaway ramp coming down a mountain. People die like that. Um, this will keep you really safe, too. It's going to keep your entire brake system working the way it's supposed to. Absolutely. Just going back before you, uh, we broke for break there, you mentioned that uh, BrakeSafe and AeroLogger are on the Let's Truck online store. What I wanted to say, Kevin, is that uh, we're going to do a special starting today um, for a week up until the end of GATS that uh, anybody that orders a regular BrakeSafe kit will include a free AeroLogger for each BrakeSafe kit. And so effective today... Till the 26th, after uh, till the gaps ends, um, that's a, a deal we're offering to all of the people that uh, want to get some product. That's a fantastic deal. Thank you for that. Uh, you're more than welcome. We just want to see the product get out there and have people using it. Absolutely. All right. So, uh, Andy, every time we talk, I learn something. I, I would love to get together with you and, you know, start working on this course, educate people about how their brake system works, how to maintain it, and, of course, the best way to maintain it and monitor it, hands down, the easiest way is the brake safe and the aero logger. So I think it would be an awesome course to put together. Absolutely. I'm there with you 100%. All right. Anything else you want to get across today? Just one other thing. That, sure. Um, and it's a product that uh, I think is near and dear to you as well. And um, I thought I would just mention it when we're talking about maintaining slack adjusters. One of the critical things that a lot of people overlook is the clevis pin. And that clevis pin is critical in the process of detecting the stroke or the clearance. So the clevis pin must always be free spinning in any of the automatic slack adjusters. It doesn't matter which brand you have. So the one product that I thought I'd just, you know, bring up to, you know, bring up again for, for your listeners is the, uh, the anti-seize cotter pin that's also in your store. Um, that product is so simple <laughs> that, you know, it goes hand in hand with brake safe. It, it, you're right. It, you know, it's kind of funny. I, I laughed a little bit when you started talking about it because it's a cotter pin, but it's the craziest cotter pin you have ever seen. I don't know how he ever came up with this idea, but it is absolutely simple and brilliant. And and like you said, if that if that clevis pin isn't free spinning, you've got problems. Most people don't realize it till they go to take it apart and it's welded in place and they got a beat and hammer and torch and it, never again. Put this put this cotter pin in, that clevis pin will never seize. Yeah, so I just thought I'd mention that because again it goes hand in hand with brake safe because if that pin isn't free spinning, if the slack's not working, brake safe will show you those things. Yep. I mean, it's a diagnostic tool as well, and that's what a lot of people don't realize. It'll show you weak or broken parking brake springs, hung brakes, non-activating brake chambers, weak return springs, potential cambushing issues. 
So there's a lot of things that BrakeSafe does other than just being a stroke indicator. It's actually yeah, a tool just, that's permanent to your equipment. Just just by looking at it, it's pretty amazing. Doesn't get any easier than that. No, it can't. All right. Great stuff, Andy. Thanks so much for joining us and educating us as always, and we'll talk to you soon. I'm going to put you back on hold. Great. Um, I'm going to have Lisa get you uh, access to one of those courses. I want you to see how the courses work because I know your mind will take off, and I think this is a a fantastic topic um, for an online course. Let's get to some phone calls now. Let's go to Mississippi. Adam, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. How are you doing today? Good. What's on your mind? Well, I uh, just uh, I asked Lisa to bring up fuel gauges. About average for pretty much my entire life of driving a, this truck anyways. But nothing. everything's pretty tight and usual, just... Haven't gone over it in a little while. Um, the amount of money I spend on fuel is not up to date. I really haven't been putting in my discounts I get, so it might be a little bit off on that. But, you know, the fuel mileage for the most part, um, I had a driver drive it for a little while, and he's for a one trip, and, he, you know, he, he didn't screw it up, but he, he dropped it down a little bit, and I'm just I'm just now bringing it back to where it was previously. I, at the beginning of the year, or the, beginning, the middle of the year, I was at like 7 points. One nine or seven point one eight for thirty day, and now I just you know I'm usually about seven point one or right below. You you win the award for the most consistent fuel economy I have ever seen. Um, in in fuel gauges, you have tracked over a half a million miles, seven hundred and thirty five fuel ups. And you have not even varied one-tenth of a mile per gallon over that entire time. Right. Yeah, it's pretty. <laughs> you had to remind me how many miles I've driven this thing? <laughs> really? Yeah, over 553,000. That sounds about right. Yeah, and, and yeah. rock-solid, consistent fuel economy. for the 90-day, 7.04 for the 60-day, 7.08 for the 30-day. I mean, that that isn't even the margin of error that's so close. Uh, Well, you know, I just, uh, we work on it, you know. So um, the other thing was something interesting I thought I'd share with you and everybody else that's interested. This is, I, um... You know, we've talked a thousand times about the ELDs, or at least a few times anyways, and, you know, understanding my operation and understanding that um, if I, you know, if I can make a bomb big enough to throw from Florida to wherever it needs to go to make sure it doesn't happen, I would do it. But um, uh, I got pulled over for the first time in Arizona coming down the, coming down the 17 by a state trooper. Um, all my paperwork's legit. You know, my, all, my, all my information's good everything except for the fact that i don't do logs so <laughs> i hand the guy the, the guy the guy the guy asked me for my information i give him all my paperwork bill of lading tell him where i started tell him where i'm going um he goes what about your logbook? so i, I said I, I don't do them he goes okay i said yeah i don't have an app for logbooks. i just haven't done it yet i go but i have an app oh he goes yeah i don't care and walks away <laughs> no way 
Yes, sir. That is crazy. Yep. That, that. He told me when he came back, I didn't get a citation. I didn't get anything. And uh, when he came back, he goes, oh, you own your own truck. Well, first off, he profiled me, which was kind of funny because I wear long socks and I have tattoos. So he told me I was in prison. So I got profiled, <laughs> but, which was which was funny to begin with. Right. And um, anyway, yeah, anyways, uh, he comes back, he hands it to me, he goes, hey, man, that's, you know, you own your own equipment. This is your company. Great job. No problem. And I, and, and I was just curious. I go, you guys don't care about law books too much anymore? He goes, man, I've, I've 99.8% of the people that I pull over in the truck, they've got three apps running at the same time. It, it doesn't even matter. It's, it's easier to cheat it now than it was with logbooks. At least with logbooks, I didn't give you enough time to pull over and figure it out. With these apps, all you got to do is swipe it and move on. Yeah, interesting. Now you're now you're in compliance. Interesting point. Now you know the ELD itself is going to make it more difficult because it's going to be very very different than the app. Meaning, neg. No. Negative. Negative. That's why I was no. That's why I was calling you. Okay, so I I thought what you did right. Right. I have to. I'm gonna come. Com, I'm gonna be compliant. I'm gonna be compliant no matter what. So, it, it, you know, we're gonna, you know, purchase the software from wherever. So I called the company up that Lori is thinking about using. I said, "Do you mind having one of your technicians, tech, you know, people that deal with the technology, call me back? I don't, you know, give me somebody that knows about your system." So guy gives me a call back a day later after this happened, and I go, um. I got a question for you. You don't have to tell me right, wrong, or indifferent. Just tell me if it's possible. You know, I go, if I purchase your software and I purchase, um, you can purchase the software and then you can add drivers to your software. So I asked him, I said, if I add a second person to the same ELD, can I run both of them, you know, at the same Uh, time? uh. He goes, technically, yes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so I guess no matter what we do with technology, there's always a way around it. I hadn't thought about that. I knew there was going to be some cheats somewhere, especially for owner-operators when you have access to all the equipment. I didn't know how easy it might be, but uh, that's interesting, really interesting. So good talking to you. I've got to get to a break. We'll be right back. Stick around. I'm Kevin Rothford.
disc break the way you do on a drum break. Welcome back. We're heading into the final hour of the program. Still time to get through. In fact, it's a little easier sometimes in this third hour. So if you've been struggling to get through, keep dialing. We'll take your calls and answer your questions right up to the end. Right now, we're going to continue on with our Great American Truck Show preview. Joining me from TST, Mike Benson. Mike, welcome back. Hey, Kevin. How you doing? Thanks for having me. Doing great. So uh, before we jump in and find out what's new and exciting in your world, what is TST? Truck System Technologies is a tire pressure monitoring system. We uh, we manufacture tire pressure monitoring systems, as as you know, and some of your viewers know. And um, we've uh, recently had a lot of a lot of interesting things going on with TST. We were actually acquired back in April by Pressure Systems International the leaders in auto inflation system in, uh, in the trucking industry. So we're, we're extremely happy about that. We're making a lot of changes here at TST. We're uh, developing some new products. Um, we're, uh, we're, just, we're just doing a lot of stuff. We're revamping our marketing plans, and uh, we're really uh, we're staying busy, and uh, we're, we're happy to be in your store now. We recently uh, got into your store as well, and we'll be releasing a few more products in the next few weeks. So uh, a lot of stuff going on here. It is exciting. You know, I, I've told this story before. This was uh, a tire pressure monitoring system was a product I absolutely wanted to partner with somebody. It took me three years of testing to find one I was happy with. And, of course, it was TST. And now to know, I mean, you've always been an amazing company and a great product. But now to know you have that kind of horsepower behind you is really exciting. Yeah, yeah. We're really happy to... Uh, 
to be involved with uh, with the guys over at PSI Pressure Systems International and the short time they've been there, man, we are just we're we're changing things. We're we're getting better. We're adding, like I said, new systems, and uh, you'll uh, you'll see a couple of them come into your store here in the next few weeks. So uh, I'll give you guys a little little kind of peek at what's coming up. But we've got our new hub sensors designed. Um, uh, they'll be coming out here real shortly. We've redesigned our flow th- or excuse me, our internal sensors. Um, also, any of your listeners who are running the, uh, the PSI Meritor system, they have designed a, a special hose that'll basically adapt to their existing uh, PSI Meritor system and allow them to put our XCE, excuse me, SCE external uh, sensor right onto that hose. So they'll not only have the, the PSI, the auto inflation, but they'll have TPMS as well, kind of linked into one system. So uh, we're adding those hoses next week on, on your store as well. And um, just a lot going on, so so we're uh, we're excited over here. Very exciting, you know. I, I we've had several companies on today, products we love and have partnered with, and uh, the last one, uh, our BreakSafe product. It's one of those things really hard to describe over the air what it does, how well it does it. The cool thing about this product, everybody knows what a tire pressure monitoring system does. What I love, is, so I don't right. have to spend any time explaining to people what this does. All I really have to say is, look, I did the testing. Three years, multiple systems, because I really wanted one of these. I, I would not drive a truck. I won't drive my coach without one. And after three years of testing, this is the system I wanted. It worked. Customer service was great. It had awesome features. And you guys are constantly updating and improving. So... All the hard work's done. All you have to do is go buy one now. Yeah, go hit your hit your store and and grab your system. And, and it's funny. I remember. I don't know. It was it was years ago, but I uh, got in touch with you at, at the Mid America show and kind of walked up to you and said, "Here, man, I want you to to try this system." And you looked at it and you said, "Well, I've tried some of these before." And <laughs> all right, so you tried it and. And you said, hey, I'm running it for a year solid. I'm not going to run it for a month and then go tell my listeners that, you know, this is it. So I'm running it for a year solid. And I think I called and bugged you every single week during that year. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> hey, it worked out good, and we, we were happy. But uh, but I remember that uh, pretty clearly. And um, and you definitely put your due diligence into it, and, and you put it through the ringers. And I'm, I'm glad we were able to uh, meet your expectations and uh, – and, and get involved with you guys. Well, that that was why it took me three years. You were the only company, the only product that made it through the gauntlet. Because I said, I, I'm going to run every one of these products for a year, and nobody else made it a year. Sensors would fail. And, you know, I, I understand. Products are going to fail. It's a harsh environment out there. Things are going to go wrong. So it wasn't like if a sensor failed, the company was toast. But if a sensor failed and I called and I didn't like the customer service, then they were toast. So I, I, I'm not, I, you know, I wasn't an idiot about it. I realize things can go wrong, but I, I expect that, you know, when I've made an investment like that, that I should get some service. And a lot of companies were just awful at that. And some companies had good customer service, but I had so many sensor failures that it just wasn't worth it. I was constantly working at replacing sensors. So uh, after three years, you guys ran the gauntlet and made it, and we're happy to partner with you now. Well, that's, that's great. That's one of the things we do pride ourselves on. Like you said, I'm not going to say we've never had a bad sensor or had an issue with a sensor, but I will say 
when you you or your listeners, whoever else, pick up the phone and call. Because we do have a uh, a call center open seven days a week, and you guys pick up the phone and call, and there has been a problem with a sensor. Where you know we're right on the spot there, and we will uh, replace the sensor. Of course, we have our, our three-year warranty that covers everything. Um, sensors monitor every part of the system. So, um, so yeah, that's one of the uh, one of the uh, you know, one of the benefits with TSP that you are going to get the service as well. God forbid you do have a have an issue with the sensor. So, um, so I'm glad you glad you recognize that, and uh, we look forward to strengthening our relationship with you. Fantastic. As always, thanks for joining us and uh, keeping us updated. Sounds like there's lots of exciting stuff coming. There sure is, and uh, we'll keep you in the loop. And uh, to tell your listeners to go visit uh, Let's Truck, and you'll be seeing uh, some more items popping in there probably in the next uh, two weeks. Perfect. Thanks, Mike. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Kevin. Always a pleasure. Bye-bye. Take care. All right, let's get back to some phone calls. Looks like we opened up a couple phone lines, I think. Let me check the schedule. Looks like our GATS preview is over for the day. So I've got uh, about 40 minutes to get to your calls and questions. Dial us up right now. 8888 Road Dog. We're off to South Carolina. Rick, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. I'm in North Carolina now. So. Oh, boy. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Hour and 34 minutes, I guess. 26 minutes, I guess. Oh, well. That's all right. Still enjoyed listening to you. Um, I have a question about a supplement. I don't know much about it. It's advertised. Super Beats. You ever heard anything about it? Super Beats. Yeah, I have. You know, it's kind of funny. Um, uh, on my call screening board, it says Super Bees and Supplements. And I thought, oh, I have two questions. Super Bees, like the trailer, and Supplements. I didn't realize it was the same Super Beats supplement. Um, yeah, I've heard of it. Right. I, I, I've even used it. I, I tested it. Unfortunately, I tested it before... I had a really clean diet, and I've said many times, I gave up on supplements. I've tried so many over the years, I mean, I, and I mean long, long time. Back, uh, you know, when I first opened my, my gym when I was 19, I sold supplements. I didn't really find anything that worked back then, um, and I haven't until yeah. I really cleaned up my diet. And then there, there are still garbage supplements out there that don't work. This one looks pretty clean. There's a lot of science behind the stuff that's in it. Um, what what I would caution people against, don't expect miracle results from any supplement. They are just what the word right. says. They are a supplement to a really good diet. If you have a poor diet, forget it. Don't waste your money. You're not going to see a bit of difference if you've got a lousy diet. So don't waste your money on supplements. If you have a really clean diet and we identify some nutritional deficiencies, then we can supplement with a product like this. Beets have amazing um, nutritional value. One of the giveaways is the color. Right. Uh, color is always a giveaway on nutrition. Um, any Anything that's really colorful is usually pretty powerful. Anything that tastes really strong, like garlic doesn't have any color, but boy, does it have a, you know, a really potent, pungent taste. Those are all indications that there's something going on in there. Beets, we all know what the color's like on, you know, a purple beet. 
lots of um, phytonutrients. Uh, so it, it's good stuff. I would much rather see somebody eat the real beet or drink beet kvass or, you know, fermented beets. That's, that's the best nutrition. But as a supplement, this has some benefits. As I uh, I uh, got some. I'm just trying to find something to mix it in that's going to be, you know, a little bit better tasting than mixing that stuff in water. Because I tried it once, like, uh, wow. Yeah, and that's the other problem with a lot of supplements because they, like I said, strong flavors are kind of the the indicator that there's something going on in there. And then when we concentrate that stuff into a supplement like this, we also concentrate those flavors, and most of the time they're pretty unpleasant. The problem with that is if it's so unpleasant you won't take it or you don't take it often or regular, then it's not going to do you any good. So I've got to get to a break. We'll be right back with more stuff. I'm Kevin Rutherford.
Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. The number to join us, 8888-ROAD-DOG. We're going to get to those calls in just a couple minutes. If you missed the beginning of the show, we have lots of exciting announcements going on right now. Um, I'll get the easy one over with because all I have to do is say monkey brittle and it flies out of the store. Um, Monkey brittle is back in stock for now. Probably won't make it through the weekend. We are trying to do everything we can to keep it in stock. Uh, In fact, the batch that's in the store right now is kind of special because Lisa and I helped make it. So we are working with the company. It's a, it's a, we love the company. It is a husband and wife here in the uh, gorge where we live in Oregon. Um, she is the daughter of a truck driver who happens to also be a listener to the show. Great guy. And uh, she just really cares about helping truck drivers stay healthy. And so do we. So we love the product. We are the only place you can get it. Um, they had stopped making it, not because it wasn't popular, because it was too popular. And uh, they really didn't want to ramp up production. It's, it's a, a great story. They've got a lot of stuff going on. Um, we convinced them to start producing it just for us, but we can't keep it in stock. They are working way harder than they want to work on this right now. So um, Lisa and I are looking at taking over production. Um, I say Lisa and I, but Let's Truck uh, is looking at taking over production of monkey brittle so that we can keep more in stock. So Lisa and I went and learned the process. That's all I can say. Um We are ramping up production, but for right now, we can only produce so much of it. So when it's in stock, you better grab it, and it's in stock right now. So head on over to the store. Also, while you're at Let'sTruck.com, we released our next course. I know we just released one two weeks ago, but I committed to really cranking out courses. People have loved them so far. Our new course is all about fuel optimization. How to save three to five thousand dollars a year in fuel, and I'm not talking about buying any modifications for your truck, just learning how to buy fuel correctly. This is a topic I've been trying to teach people for about twenty years. It's almost impossible to explain on the air, so I created a course. The course is only fifteen dollars, and I'm going to give you five dollars off for the rest of this week. Um, in honor of the Great American Truck Show. I'll actually be teaching this course as part of my seminar series at the Great American Truck Show. But you can go learn it right now online. I'll give you $5 off. Use the coupon code GATS, G-A-T-S. So instead of $15, you'll only pay $10. That's 33% off. You can't beat it. And you're going to learn how to save three to $5,000 a year. So head on over to Let'sTruck.com. We're going to head on over to Washington. John, welcome to the program. Well, hi, Kevin. What can I help you with today? Well, I was hoping you'd take a peek at that oil sample for me and, and kind of let me know what's going on there. Wow, what is going on here? Let's see. We've got an ISX. What year is this? 16. 
So uh, you've got Rotella T5. Um, my guess is that this is the new CK4 API classification. Do you know? Yes, it is. It is a CK4. I know that because your base number dropped for no apparent reason. There's nothing going wrong in the sample. In fact, for an ISX, this thing is really clean. Um, no fuel dilution, virtually no soot to speak of. Um, your wear metals for the number of miles you have on this are actually all low. There's no coolant, no water, no nothing. It's very, very clean, except your base is coming up as a level three, which looks a little scary, but you don't have anything to worry about. This is a characteristic of these new CK4 oils, and the labs are going to have to go back and rewrite their algorithms to account for this. Um, I, I took an entire course on this one topic about how these new oils for, and there's a long explanation, but there's no point in me getting into it. Um, if they show up with low base, like yours is, we look at everything else. Is there some reason why the base is low? Do we have fuel dilution? Do we have a lot of soot? Do we have water buildup or coolant? And if we don't, then the recommendation from the oil manufacturers is just ignore the base. There's nothing wrong. Mm, okay. You are probably well, good to me. You're probably the 10th sample I've looked at that was exactly like, and it's so funny because I took the course because I'd like to stay on top of oil analysis, and I thought, well, that's weird. I haven't seen one of these yet. And Two days after I took the course, I got my first one, and I've had about 10 since. <laughs> well, all right. So I know it. for me, then. Thank yeah, you. I know it looks a little scary because it says level three, but technically it should be a zero or a one. So as long as I just keep pulling samples on this thing, yep. um, I'm, I'm still good to keep going, huh? Yep, you'll be fine. I, I pull one about every 25,000 miles. Does that sound that's, that's perfect. like that, a good plan? Or? Th- that's what I recommend. 25,000 okay. miles is perfect. It, it's short enough that we catch things really, really early, and it's long enough that you're not sampling constantly. Okay. Yeah, because I do have that. I'm sure you've seen that I have that um, oil bypass on it, so... Yeah, you'll be good. Just just keep running this thing, and you'll be fine. What we're seeing is it drops down into that 2 to 3 range on the base, which looks really low, and then it just stays there. And the labs are saying, don't worry about it. It's fine. Okay. Well, thanks again. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. Yeah, it was it was kind of interesting because I took the course, and I'm like, well, I haven't seen that. And sure enough, uh, that week... I got my first oil sample that the base just dropped out of nowhere for no apparent reason. And it was exactly like they, uh, like I learned in the course. Let's see. I've got time to get started on another call. Let's go to Arkansas. Rusty, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. Got a question about EGTs. Okay. Um, like right now, just going down the flat road, I'm about 850. But I can pull the slightest grade, and I can shoot all the way up to almost 1,200. 
I recently, <laughs> well, right before <laughs> this trip, I put on a turbo. Just to be clear. Can you hear me? Yeah, I, I can. Just to be clear, do you know where your EGT sensor is on the hot side or the cold side? It's on the hot side. It's right on the manifold. Okay. So I'm, you, I'm most of the time I deal with this almost always on the cold side. On the hot side, so you said you just replaced the turbo. What were your readings before you yes. replaced the turbo? I didn't have a gauge at that time. Okay. What engine and what year? It's an 05 Cummins ISX. And is it stock or are there a lot of modifications? Uh, just EGR deleted. The EGR is... How did they do it? Can you give me a rough idea of what they did? Uh, only thing I can see is they put a plate where the EGR cooler goes and just pretty much took everything else off. It, it was that way when I got the got the truck. I just put the turbo on. Okay. And it seems like within a thousand miles, my oil is like as black as a black car. So yeah. I change my oil about every 10,000 miles. Yeah, see, I wouldn't do that. The The color of oil doesn't tell us anything. The, you know, all those old school tricks that we used to do, rub it between your fingers, rub it on your forehead, taste it, smell it, I, you know, spin around twice with your left leg up in the air. We used to do all these kind of crazy things. They're all worthless. We We have oil analysis today that will tell us everything we need to know about the oil, and black oil really doesn't mean anything. Um, Detroit's are known for this. You, you change the oil, and 2,000 miles later, it looks like tar. And yet there's nothing wrong with it. Soot is low. So what I would say is I would pull an oil sample. I'm not so sure that you have a problem on your EGTs. It's just you can't compare your EGTs to, to anybody that has the sensor on the cold side. EGT can be a little tricky anyway because I, I like to have a comparison. You know, if we've been watching our EGT forever and then it changes, that might tell us something. But right now, we don't have enough data um, to know. I'll tell you what I'd like to do. Um, I'd like to have you – hold on. Let me put you on hold. We'll come back right after the break. Um, stick around. We'll be right back. I'm Kevin Rutherford.
Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. We've got about a half hour left in the program. Still some time to get through 8888 Road Dog. I'm going to go back to the phones. I was talking with Rusty in Arkansas. Rusty, do you ever uh, join us on the recordings during the week? No, I I don't know anything about it. Okay, so here's what we do. The, the shows that you hear at midnight throughout the week, um, those are all pre-recorded shows. We record every Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday at uh, 1 o'clock Eastern time. There's a phone number you call in. You can just sit and listen on your phone. It's much easier to get through. And on Tuesdays, we do the power hour, which is all maintenance. I get two or three guys from Pittsburgh Power, you know, a mechanic, an engineer. Uh, they're electrical guys. And we just do nothing but maintenance questions. You've got a delete on this engine. You've got the probe on the hot side. We didn't have a probe before. Um, I, I'd like to run through some of this with the uh, with the guys from Pittsburgh Power, and uh, they'll have some better questions for you, and we can figure out what's going on with this thing, if anything. Okay. Um, what I'll do, I'll put you back on hold. If you want, um, Lisa can jump in. She'll help you out. You, the easiest way to know when we record those shows. And this is for everybody. I'm going to grab something to write with. We send out a text message to everybody that wants to be notified about 20 minutes before we're doing a recorded show or a special event. All you have to do to sign up to receive that text message is send us a text. It's really easy. So you're going to use a short code. The short code is 99,99000. So instead of a phone number, you're going to text to that short code, 99000. If you're in Canada, it's or if you have a Canadian phone, it's 76,000, 76000. You're going to text one word to us. The word is listen. And don't worry about capitalization or any of that. Just text the word LISTEN to 99,000 from a U.S. phone or 76,000 from a Canadian phone. And that way, when we're doing recordings or special shows, we'll just send you out a text message. The phone number will be right in the text message. Most phones, you just touch it. It dials you in. You can sit and listen. You can ask questions. It's always easier to get through with a question on those recorded shows, especially if you dial in early and jump right in with your question. Um, we will get to it. Mondays, we either do Broker Connect or a special specialty show. Tuesdays, we always do the Power Hour with Pittsburgh Power. It's a maintenance show. And Wednesdays, we do Destination Health. Um, most days we do two hours, some days we do three, and some days we do one. This week on Wednesday, we're only going to be able to do one hour of Destination Health because I will have to bug out of here and run to the airport and jump on a plane to get to Gats. But, oh, and we're also moving Wednesday earlier instead of 1 a.m. or 1 p.m. Eastern time, it's going to be 11 a.m. We had to move it two hours early so I could at least get an hour in and still get to the airport on time. Let's uh, let's see. We're going to head off to 
North Carolina. Mark, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. Uh, I just bought a truck recently. It's a 2000 W900 with an 18-speed and a uh, 6NZ engine. I think it's about 500 horsepower. Uh, my question would be, it jumps out of high on the uh, 18 high as I'm driving down the road. Right now I'm using that as a personal vehicle. Uh, is there something I should be concerned about there right now? Uh, yeah. Um, how many miles are on it? It's 1.125. Yeah. Um, are you always going to use it as a personal vehicle, or are you going to use this thing to pull real freight? Now I'm going to use it to pull real freight. Right now I am still a company driver, and um, I just put new rubber on it, virgin rubber. Uh, I'm fixing it up to get ready to go on the road, but uh, I do not have to drive this vehicle at this time. But I just wondering about that. Do I need to worry about that? Yeah, you do. That transmission's going to need looked at. It, it, it's probably going to need um, the transmission's going to need rebuilt. That problem's just going to get worse. Um, you know, I was going to say if you're using it as a personal vehicle and you're going to, you know, put ten thousand miles a year on it. It'd be easy enough to keep it in 17th or 18th low, and it would probably last a while. I, I wouldn't put it on the road pulling freight the way it is. Wow. Okay. Uh, that's good to know because I was thinking about just going to go ahead and uh, put it on the road and see what happened. And uh, like I said, I I can always go back as a company driver, and I really don't have any bills. I'm, I'm, I'm 60 years old, and I'm paid. Uh, everything's paid up, so I don't have any bills per se, just phone bills yeah. and whatnot, and, you know, insurance yeah, on find, the vehicle, everything's paid for, and house and everything. Um, find, where do you live? I live in North Carolina. Okay. I was going to say, find a good shop that, that does transmission work. Let them inspect this thing. Um, it could be fairly simple. Could be kind of uh, freshen up some things inside that transmission. It might take care of it, or it could be time to just rebuild that transmission. Um, but I would have somebody look at this before I put it on the road and pulled any freight with it. Th- this could leave you on the side of the road. Yikes! I didn't think about that, but uh, wow. Okay. Okay. So the other gears wouldn't. Uh, yeah. That's uh, okay. Well, here's <laughs> the thing. If, yeah, when okay. it start when it starts jumping out of one gear, we've got enough wear that that you're going to start seeing problems. And I'm assuming that you're, this is happening when you're not really pulling anything. You're you're just bobtailing around. Exactly. Yeah, you, you put eighty thousand pounds to this thing, and and I, I I just wouldn't do it. Like I said, it could turn out to be something fairly simple. Maybe a, a little freshen up, or it could just be time to rebuild that transmission. You know, 1.2 million miles. If a transmission's really been taken care of, it should be in fairly good condition, and it may not need a lot. Um, it could need what we call a reconditioning rather than a rebuilding. But if it's got 1.2 million miles and they didn't change it should have had two fluid changes already if it had synthetic in it. If it didn't have synthetic, it should have had five by now. Um, so I don't know what what it had in it. The new trucks all have synthetic in the drive line, but back in 2000, that wasn't the case. Um, 
you could pull an oil sample out of the transmission and we could learn a lot from an oil sample, but we know there's a problem. So it's it's not like the oil sample is going to come back and I'm, you know, even if I looked at it and it's clean, there's still a problem. We know there's a problem. It's jumping out of gear. So I, I would get it looked at. May not be any big deal. And, you know, if you want to be an owner-operator, this is just your first kind of uh, initiation. Trucks break. Right, right. Yeah, I understand that. Okay, that's great because I ordered your kit, with a, and I got five of them, the oil sample kit, and I have four left. I did an oil sample on it before I, I bought the truck, and uh, I talked to a fellow down there at the uh, OPS, and he told me that if I liked the truck, and he, he didn't see any problems with it, to go ahead and just buy the thing. Good. And Good. Uh, so I did. I paid twenty grand for it. I figured out the engine was almost worth that much because it's still running. It feels pretty good. Sounds pretty good. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think I'll just go ahead and do. I'll do that because, like I said, I have four samples left. So I can go ahead and just uh, take a sample of the transmission there. I didn't, I didn't think about that and then send it off to the uh, folks over there and and see what happens and see what. Okay, that, that'll work. All yep. right. Yeah, and and now would be a good time to start building that relationship with a shop. You know, find somebody, talk to them. Give them a shot at this, see what they come up with, and uh, I, I don't think it's any big deal. Um, like I say, trucks break, trucks wear out. It's got 1.2 million miles on it. This is the kind of stuff that uh, that you deal with, and you just have to make sure you set up your business so you've got the cash flow because this kind of stuff is going to happen. Uh, let's see. I'm going to jump into this call, and then we'll carry it through the break. Eric in Idaho, it's your turn. Go ahead. Hi, Kevin. Um, I have a 99 International with a Eaton 10-speed transmission, and I've only owned it for a little over a year. And over the course of the last couple of months, my stick has started hitting the dashboard to get into the forward gear. And I just wondered, is there a simple way to adjust that, or is that something else? Hold that thought. We'll come right back, and we'll talk about that right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. I'm Kevin Rutherford.
Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. We're down to the final segment. I'm going to get to as many calls as I can before we've got to get out of here. I'm going to go back to Idaho. So, Eric, uh, my answer to you is kind of like it was to the last caller. How many miles are on this truck? Uh, 1,410,000. Yeah. Um, it, it, you've just got a lot of parts worn out it, all the way down through the, the, the tower inside the transmission, and it's just creating a lot of slop and a lot of play. Uh, the only fix here, again, um, you may not necessarily need a rebuild on the transmission, but you need a, a refresh, a recondition on the transmission to get it back to being tight enough that it's not going to keep hitting the dash like that. All right. Uh, what, if you know, what's the ballpark difference between the cost of a refresh and the cost of a rebuild? Uh, it can be thousands of dollars difference. So, I mean, difference. if it's close, I might as well just... No, it, it, oh, can, okay. it can be thousands of dollars. And, and the reason I say there, there's not an exact number is because the way they do a rebuild they have a pretty standard set of parts list. They, they take it apart. All of these parts gets replaced, get replaced. That's the rebuild. The refresh is more of a they inspect it and decide what should be replaced. So it can be different each time, and that's what's going to determine the cost. And you never know until you really get in there and see the what's... would be in actually dropping the transmission well, a lot of times it is. That is a big part of the cost. So you decide at that point how far do you want to go, and you know a, a good shop will give you some options. You know, here's the the stuff you absolutely need to replace right now. Here's some stuff that it would be a good idea to replace, or we could just go all the way and rebuild this thing. Oh, hey, can I do a public service announcement real quick? Sure, go ahead. Okay. I'm in Idaho heading west. Well, I was heading west on 84. I will be again soon. But the state patrol was pushing us off just west of Rupert. Uh, it was construction, but I think they must have had an accident up in there. Problem was, they, sh- they shunt you off, and then they leave you to your own devices. And it doesn't say where you're supposed to go from there. I ended up driving like 10 miles back the wrong direction. I would suggest anybody else going west on 84 through Idaho to get off on U.S. 30 going south of Rupert and then back up to 84 at about Twin Falls. That'll get you around the mess without having to sit and wait for half an hour. Just get pushed off anyway. Got it. The other thing that's probably contributing to that is the whole eclipse I've been seeing reports of traffic everywhere, and Oregon is one of those states that uh, is supposed to be prime viewing um, central Idaho, central Oregon, so you're probably going to see a lot of traffic in those areas. Yeah, CNBC is sending somebody to Madras, Oregon, just for that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for the call, and uh, thanks for the heads up on that. Um, I'm here in Oregon, so I'm not going anywhere, and I'm certainly not going to go out and fight that traffic because uh, it looks like it could get really ugly. Um, So 
couple things, and uh, we've got a lot going on. In fact, I, my, I'm kind of scattered right now because I'm looking at my desk and all the things we've got going on. I've got uh, the Great American Truck Show coming up, and I'm doing about eight hours of seminars. I have two sessions of Partners in Business. I have three sessions at the truckstop.com booth. And I have a three-hour session in the Health Pavilion. Um, we just launched our second online course. I've got about 30 planned, and I'm sure I'll come up with some others. I just thought of another one today while I had Andy Malian on. We're going to do a uh, brake inspection, brake maintenance online course. I think that would be awesome. Um, so check it out. There's a lot of stuff over on the website. We've got some other things I'm not ready to talk about yet, but we're going to be releasing in the next couple of weeks as well, probably right after uh, the truck show. So hit the website, letstruck.com. There's all kinds of new products in the store. Monkey Brittle is back. So grab that while you can. It never lasts more than a day or so in the store, but it's there right now. And check out the latest course on fuel optimization. Uh, I show you how to save a lot of money in fuel, and you really don't have to buy anything to do it. This isn't about modifying your truck. It's really just about modifying your behavior a little bit so you know where to buy fuel. I, I explain fuel tax and all those other factors. Very easy course to follow, and it's only $15. Use the coupon code GATS, G-A-T-S, now through the truck show, and you'll get that course for $10. All right, let's uh, let's head off to Texas. Paul, welcome to the program. Howdy. Lisa says stop throwing stuff at me. <laughs> All right. Now that I have you on the line, I don't have to throw anything uh, at her anymore. Go ahead. Okay. Um, I don't listen to many of the health shows because I'll have time to get sick, and I don't get sick mostly. But what is the fit test and the NutriCrew, and what do you learn from that? And then also the the All Blacks, who are the keto guys, they just beat the Aussies 54 to 34 or something last night. So wow. That's a pretty big score for a rugby game. That's a big score. That's pretty awesome. Those guys are all, uh, they're all keto. They're all fat adapted. It's uh, pretty cool to see that. So the FIT test stands for Food Inflammation Test. What we're finding is that... The American diet, it, it, you know, it looks like we have all this variety. You go to the grocery store and they have 40,000 items in the grocery store, but they're all made out of about three different things. They're all made out of wheat, corn, and soy. Um, and and yeah. our, even though it looks like we have all this variety, people are eating the same foods over and over and over, and they're genetically modified and they're hybridized and... So people are starting to react very negatively. I'm going to put you on hold while I explain this because it sounds like you've got your phone sticking out the window, and I feel like I'm shouting over it. Um, So people are really having negative reactions to food that they don't even realize. People think, oh, no, I ate that food and, and nothing happened. You know, I didn't break out in hives. I didn't get sick. What they don't realize is many of the symptoms they face every day, digestive issues, joint pain, they're tired, they're hungry, 
Um, autoimmune diseases are all caused by food reactions. And the only way to tell is through some sort of food testing. Now, you can do skin prick testing, and but we have a simple um, blood test that you can take at home. You don't need a doctor or a lab. You just do a, a finger stick, put a little bit of blood on a card, send it back, and we can tell you what foods you are reacting to. And if you're only reacting to a couple, no big deal. If you're reacting to a lot... Not only do you know you need to avoid those foods, but it's also a really good indication that you have leaky gut. Leaky gut will lead to autoimmune conditions, type 1 diabetes. Uh, uh, I could go on and on and on. There's all kinds of autoimmune conditions, skin conditions, joint pain, arthritis, all kinds of things. So the food inflammation test is just a nice, simple home test to find out what kind of foods you're reacting to. And everybody is reacting to something. If it's just one or two, it's no big deal. Um, and the NutriQ, the NutriQ is just a simple online evaluation. So you go to our website, letstruck.com. You go to the health tab. You look under health plans and you can sign up for the NutriQ. We do it completely free. You answer a lot of questions about symptoms and it's real simple you just score one zero through four on all these questions easy to do and then we evaluate that and we can tell whether your digestive system is having issues whether your blood sugar control is out of whack your adrenals your heart your kidneys and then we can make recommendations on um, where you should be checking you know, what kind of things do you need to do as far as um, diet changes or possibly some supplements that could help in those areas. So uh, it's free. Um, We've done a lot of these and we've really been able to help a lot of people with it. So check that out along with everything else you're going to be able to find at uh, letstruck.com. Looks like I'm going to have to wrap this up and get out of here. We are all out of time. So we will see you back here tomorrow. In the meantime, be safe, be profitable, be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey. I'm Kevin Rutherford. Killing me up here. I had uh, my head's on the desk. I was so tired, and I had no calls.